I'm Violet Sky. Hey, I'm Sage King. I'm here with this Rose. And this is the Antithesis Podcast. This podcast is about relationships, etiquette, and everyday life with a splash of pizzazz. Hey guys, welcome to the Antithesis Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing pollution. But before we get into that, because it is the first episode, we wanted to give a brief insight of each of us. As I'm the Sage King, I really like anime, manga, and video games. Of course, I like to do other things, but these things are the top. And the reason that I wanted to join this podcast is because I feel like my friends and I have some very interesting conversations. They have great games as far as education, intellectual activity, as well as other things. So go ahead and have some fun. Hi, guys. It's Amethyst Rose. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I enjoy music, having fun with friends and family, just really vibey things, local events. Pretty much just a chill person. Um, I wanted to do this podcast uh, because it's with my best friends. We have really good conversations. Uh, just like Sage King said, um, we just talk about a lot of different things that relate to a lot of people we feel. So we wanted to share that with y'all and hopefully you enjoy it. Hi guys. So last but not least, my name is Violet Sky. Um, some of my hobbies include making candles, um, going shopping, thrifting when I can, um, and just having a good time with friends and family. And like my co-host said, I also wanted to do this podcast because we have some very insightful conversations and the three of us decided that why not share our conversations with you all? You may find them interesting. You may find them even inspirational or in some way applicable to your own life. So we hope that you like our podcast. You know, man, I have been riding down the road and I have been thinking to myself, I'm a bit scared living in the world today. I don't know if it's because I just live in America or because I watch these YouTube videos that says F or whatever. But I kind of feel like it's kind of scary looking at the way that the world is going right now. There are so many billions of people in the world. And when I think about it, it just doesn't make sense that they can feed that many people on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Because how many cows and, and chickens do they kill? But how long does it take to also raise those animals into adulthood? Right? And then you also have these these automobiles and, and forms of transportation that we use that also contribute to pollution. And there's the push for electric vehicles. And so that got me into wondering what kind of things can be done to help us, you know, uh, help the earth. Because if we don't try to help the earth, I feel like we'll get rid of the earth. and. Unfortunately, I feel like the agenda of those who are higher at the top, some of them, I'm not going to say all of them, I feel like some of them have the intention of just making money regardless of the cost, even if it costs people their lives. What do you guys think about that? Well, 
Um, that is true. I feel like anybody, not anybody, but a lot of people that are in a certain tax bracket or whatever the case may be, you know, no one gets rich by being a good person, unfortunately. There's always somebody that's going to get the short end of the stick. Hey, guys. We're taking a short break from the podcast to let you guys know to like, subscribe, and share. All right, now we're going to jump right back in. Unfortunately, in some situations, that short end happens to be taken by Earth. Um, It's so easy to use cheap materials that have horrible chemicals, not only for the planet, but for us as humans. But it's cheap, so it makes it worthwhile for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really becomes a, a matter of what that means to you personally to make that change. Because unless you do it yourself, it's really never going to get any different. I agree with that. Um, Rose, you, you, you pointed out a very good point. Uh, a lot of people use cheap materials, and those cheap materials have a cost to them. When you think about, when I think about it, it's it's kind of like getting food from the grocery store. You can get the organic food, which costs a lot more money, or you can get the food that's not organic. And that food, which is not organic, has so many kind of antibiotics and preservatives in it that you look at yourself and you say, "Okay, I'm gaining weight. Not only am I gaining weight, but it looks like my health may also be declining. What's going on here?" You know. Um, just a quick quick story here my wife and i have recently started this detox um now ultimately we failed the first seven days we do plan to go back trust and believe please don't think of us as shameful people but we definitely do plan to go back but what happened was i realized something during this detox when we first began i was i was heavily overweight um, still is considering that I wasn't on it long enough, but um, I'm, I'm overweight by my standards. I'm, I'm on like maybe two something. But anyways, during the detox, at the beginning, I was eating all kind of foods. I, I was a, I, I was a sweet junkie and hot stuff junkie. I mean, I just love sweet and hot stuff. But for this detox, I had to cut all that out. And essentially, it was shakes, salads, and water, literally. But within the first two days, I realized something. It was working. It was working. It was far more healthy. It was much more beneficial. Now, I did mess myself up. Because remember, I called myself a a, a sweet and and hot stuff junkie. So eventually, I got some chips, and that was messing things up. But I realized during that process that, for one, it was much more beneficial to me than the food that I had been eating. And for two, it was also much more expensive to do the right thing. Now, why do I state that in relation to this situation? Well... An electric car is not really that cheap, if you think about it, especially a brand new car. Um, the the one that really comes to mind is a Tesla. Uh, to my knowledge, Teslas are like thirty five thousand and up, unless you get a used one. But you have to really pretty much have a garage, or you 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 technically be a bit inconvenienced unless you prepared appropriately in order to use an electric car 
I don't know if that makes sense. What do you think about that, Sky? Um, I think you guys both make some pretty valid points, and it makes me think of another issue that, well, I guess maybe a theory, that is it is there so much pollution potentially because it's so hard for humans to do the right thing? Wow. Because when you think about it, like you said, like you both said, it costs so much more. You know, the not so great options or the not so healthy options are much more affordable, right? Or they're much more accessible. You know, you find bottled water everywhere. But how many people go and buy a reusable water bottle? You have all kinds of cars, jalopies, hoopties, whatever you want to call them, you know. But yeah, you know, Tesla is now, you know, kind of the cooler thing to have. Before Tesla, they were making eco-friendly cars. They were making Prius. And I knew a lot of people that could not get caught dead driving a Prius. It's just not the style. It's not sexy, you know, it's not what they want. If you think about it on the health side, you know, it's a lot easier to go to McDonald's. It's everywhere, you know. McDonald's is, I guess, trying to make a healthier menu, so, you know, no shades of McDonald's. But Starbucks is everywhere, you know. Um, Burger King is everywhere, you know. Even if you go to the grocery store, a regular ground beef, you know, a pound is maybe what five dollars or so whereas the organic one maybe double the price no yeah so i mean it's it kind of makes you wonder considering a lot of people especially in western society aren't as well off as you know we like to be how many people can reasonably afford to select the healthier options if we're all well not all but if the majority of us are in these not so well off situations then of course if most of the people are eating unhealthy then there's a higher demand for you know cow farms or all these different farms that aren't necessarily organic or they're not you know tending to their their crops and their animals the way that they should be the same thing with certain industries if the demand is for Mercedes again no shade but I don't think Mercedes has an eco-friendly version or eco-friendly model but if the demand is for Mercedes versus Tesla well Mercedes is going to keep manufacturing the item and they're going to keep pushing out items so I'm glad that you brought that up because I want to ask a question I want to talk about uh more of a subcategory here. How much do you think cars actually contribute to greenhouse gas? So when I when I say that, I think of let's talk about Genesis for for a moment. Now, Genesis is a new luxury vehicle company, um, relatively new, but they make a car called the G80. Now the G80 comes in a gasoline powered. Uh, version but it also has an electric version as well right so you get the same car electric or gas now it seems like most people that I know will just go to the go to the car lot and they'll just pick the gas gasoline version no questions asked 
But I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. You take the fact that the car and the car manufacturer, out of all their lineup, they chose to make an electric version of the G80, not the G70, not the G90, not the GV80, not the GV70. So far, there's only one electric vehicle, and that is the G80. Why did the company do that versus make more electric vehicles and market it and push it more to help the earth more? Because when I think about it a little bit, I almost feel like it's the manufacturer who has the power and the marketing strength to be able to push the idea of electricity powered vehicles to help the, to the earth. What do you think about that, Rose? I don't know. It, it's hard to say because I think the go-to thing um, that most people feel is like, okay, don't use a gas car, use an electric car. But you also have to consider where that electricity is coming from. Yeah. So while on paper it seems fine, majority of the U.S. does not practice more reusable energy production. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of places don't want to use wind power because it's too noisy, it's too big, it's too distracting. Solar power is too expensive. Who's really good? Not a lot of places use wells or turbines to, use, to mm -hmm. make their energy either. So now we're back to an unreusable, non-eco-friendly version of getting the power mm -hmm. to source these cars. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of the tactics that are given to us to make us feel better, like we're doing a better job, really isn't. It's just to ease the consumerism in us mm -hmm. and yeah. it's still having the same effect. Mm -hmm. Because even when you go back to um, organic foods, a lot of the practices that they use to, for that, there's so many people who done research that say, you know, maybe it's not the best for you to do organic either. Mm -hmm. um, and realistically, I do feel that as a people, we do kind of use the excuse of price a lot for being better mm -hmm. because there are people in third world countries or on islands that don't have any of the luxuries that we have. Mm -hmm. And they are the healthiest people because yeah. they go and they pick their own fruit. They mm -hmm. pick, grow their own vegetables. They raise their own livestock to create their meat. Um, Looks like Sky wants to say something. You know, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you said there because you bring up a good point. A lot of these other, you know, nations and their citizens, they live off the land and they do the work to get what it is that they need. They till their own gardens, mm -hmm. right? They grow their own crops. They harvest their own crops. They tend to their own animals. You know, like that is their labor. And I think it's, we're kind of, kind of falling into that, loop so to speak that you were talking about because yeah we want the, the healthiest option or the most globally um beneficial option but it kind of comes at the price that 
we still don't want to do the work ourselves to some extent because we're in this super industrialized society, right? Like the West is supposedly it. When you look at other countries in the world, everything that's advanced is in the West or everyone's taking on ideas of the West. But some of that can be good, but some of it, when you consider that we don't, usually most Americans don't have their own farm in their backyard or they don't have their own cattle that they're raising or they don't even have their own chickens. So we rely so heavily on doing some of the basic things that we need on trying to make that um, an industrialized process. And I think the fact that we're industrializing it at all, like when it comes to things like food, already takes out the natural health benefits out of it and kind of puts it, when you put anything really into a machine, it may take out some of the some of the benefits of the hard labor of doing it yourself. You know, like if you were to grow your own tomatoes, you grow your own lettuce, well, you know what you put in your soil. You know it's not, you know, whatever preservative or whatever hormone to make your chicken fatter or whatever the case. But if you're trusting that this machine or this industrialized area is going to make your food for you, then considering they have to feed however many millions of people there are in the country, yeah, they do whatever they need to do to crank it out faster and to crank it out in mass produce. So even if we are trying to be healthier, we're still having the same issue at the end of it is that we're leaving in other people's hands instead of doing ourselves. I think overall the general consensus that I came to is that our society is a very spoiled society mm-hmm. because even we may go to the grocery store and get our not best options of items or produce or whatever it is and we'll be like oh work was stressful today mm-hmm. i'm not gonna cook i'm just gonna get mcdonald's for the family mm-hmm. so it's like every option that we have to just put a little initiative a little extra work to not only be better for ourselves but for what we leave behind for the next generations to come mm-hmm. we take the easy way out every time um you have your anomalies here and there people who literally live by the land and nothing else but for the most part for the majority of us that's how we are and we're also gluttonous people mm-hmm. we overeat we overuse we have homes that are bigger than we even need Mm -hmm. just because it feels nice or Mm -hmm. it's something to look at and be like oh I want to be like that Mm -hmm. so a lot of the things we do are unnecessary Mm -hmm. and we don't have to live like that it's just what we're so accustomed to so it's hard to break out of that when that's all you know yeah you know I agree um it's definitely hard to break out of that but one thing that I want to point out is that from my own background, um, my mother raised me a certain way and she did the best she did that she could. She did the best she could. And I appreciate it. And I thank God for everything she did. But I also realized that though I appreciate the foundation, the basics, there are some differences of opinions, right? Her situation dictated what she, how far she was able to go at a particular time, what she was able to obtain at a particular time. So like with the food, you know, like you said, 
the situation was one in which she had multiple kids of which she had to take care of. The father was not there, you know. So in that situation, uh, thank God she did what she did. But that also meant that the kind of food she could get was limited. If you have four or five kids in the house, especially foster kids, then it becomes limited with the funds that you have available. You can't really go get organic, right? Like, like Sky said, it becomes so much more expensive, almost doubles. And that's to us exactly what happened for this detox that we were doing. The price almost doubled in order to be able to survive just one week off of organic food, one week. And we're talking about salads and shakes, right? And so when I think about that, I, I, I wonder to myself, if a person is, is riding around in a hoopty, that's doing a lot of damage mm -hmm. to, 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 the, to the earth and the atmosphere. It really is, right? To my eyes. Someone told me, <laughs> someone told me that a New Yorker told me that in New York, they have annual inspections on their vehicle. But one thing that I know, Florida does not have those annual inspections. That means that in Florida, people can ride around in these hoopies however many times they want. They can ride out there, cut that thing up, black gas, you know, I mean, black, um, you know, gas just smoke, mm -hmm. smoke, thank you. That's just in the air. And you know, some people do that on purpose, you know, get in front of you, road rage, mm -hmm. hit the gas, all that, all that uh, black smoke blinds you, but that's dangerous. And that even goes down to the, um, the colognes and the perfumes that we use on a daily basis. What, what do you think about that, Rose? Um, I think that's a valid point. Um, you know, realistically, I just think that at the end of the day, it's a choice because not everybody is in the same position, but the same way you may say, oh, well, we did the step detox and it tripled our, our cost. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you value that you will splurge on? You like entertainment, you like technology. Mm -hmm. So you'll quickly say, oh, I want this OLED TV yeah. and go spend an absurd amount of money on the TV. But then when it comes to eating a certain way or making purchases that may be a bit more expensive but will help you in the long run, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think each and every one of us has something like that. I may say I may say the same thing. I don't want to spend that much money on a pack of organic chicken, but then I'll go buy $600 mm -hmm. AirPods or I'll go spend $80 and get a set of acrylic nails. Like, mm -hmm. So it's all depending on what you value. Not everybody's circumstances, you know, allow for them to do certain things, but it's also where you value that portion that allows you to kind of make those differences. You know what I think also, I think you bring up a good point that it really can also be how much you value something. But something else I consider is Especially, I always say the West because we live in the West, but we kind of live in a society that caters to, I deserve this. I worked hard, so I deserve a piece of cake. Or, you know, I 
was really active in whatever I volunteered with this week. So I deserve to go buy myself this luxurious electronic item. But how many of us actually ask ourselves, I deserve a healthy life or I deserve to feel better when I look in the mirror? Now, that's different from some of the objectifying viewpoints that may be out in the world. But how do you feel internally, outside, mentally, physically? How do you feel as a person? I think that's something that we don't really consider when we think I deserve something. And I'm also curious to know, just kind of like segueing a little bit here, um, how do you guys feel the government um, plays a part in pollution and or the dissolving of pollution? Um, I feel like the government allows things to slide. And and I say that with, re- with respect, but as in bluntness, because that is exactly what it is to me. You have these factories of which they make these different meats for us. And within these factories, I've learned that you have cows. Like if, if you if you watch some of these documentaries that they have, like look at the hot dog documentary. It's just absolutely disgusting <laughs> when you see it. Now, I do not eat hot dogs. Ever since I saw that documentary, I don't eat hot dogs. Same. And, <laughs> and so now I think about, I found out about the cows. I didn't see it, but I heard about the cows. We talked about it in a class once. Um, and we were just discussing how the government would allow a company to put cows underground with some kind of light and the cows are almost pretty much on top of each other, pooping and stuff. Now, we pretty much know a cow just poop anywhere, any given time. What respect? There's no need for that. Out in the wild open, you know, you know, they could be walking and they want to let loose. That's exactly what they'll do. But because of that, when you close in a cow and you close in a particular area of that cow and that cow then poops, where does that gas go? That gas stays right there in that room with those other cows. And therefore, it begins to do something. And there was a, there there was, in that class, I realized that it was discussed, cows contribute a significant amount of methane towards greenhouse gas. It is a huge detriment and it pollutes the meat. And so when you think about it, you say, okay, organic. What constitutes as organic at this point? does because i've heard that even for plants they have specific lights that they're using for these plants that's not sunlight and they'll still consider that organic so when i think about it and you say okay how do i how do i feel like the government is contributing to this well the fda is the 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 one of the organizations that's approving this is are they not Mm -hmm. um so if they are approving this, then the government is aware of what's going on. Yet you let this go out into the into the public with the masses. 
That's interesting. I, I definitely agree. What do you think, Ruth? Um, you know, I'm very passionate about the cows. <laughs> um, we love the cows. Um, <laughs> I took um a class in high school. Actually, I forget what class it was, but um, we watched a documentary about the cows. And basically, the whole system is just horrible. Was it the Motrix? I don't know. But essentially, because it's so much cheaper to feed the cows um, corn feed or corn stalk or whatever it is than actual grass, they they feed them the corn stalk and it they the cows can't digest it. Mm-hmm. So then mm. they get all these diseases and they're organs start going bad and so the cows literally start rotting from the inside out so because of that they have to pump them with antibiotics um to try and clear it out so that they can keep that livestock and send it to us but clear it of disease so that's how you end up having people that have that super bug where like they get sick and none of the antibiotics can cure it because not only are we getting antibiotics from doctors that say, oh, you have an infection to get your antibiotics, but we're getting it from our meat as well. Wow. Um, and then to Sage King's point, um, how they actually store the cows and stuff, they are on top of each other. They're, it's horrible. So it's just a never-ending cycle of horrific things just because we don't want to spend that extra money, mm-hmm. whether it's corporations to have the cows and other livestock, of course, you know, be in an environment that is natural for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really sucks because it's just like, how do you how do you stop that unless you do it yourself? And we have full time jobs. Who's gonna go right. out buy a cow, a farm, <laughs> right. kill the cow? You, you don't know. love the cow. <laughs> you don't want to kill it, no way. You, you make this this. This cow, like your child, and I gotta kill it. You know, I I agree with that, and and what you said makes a lot of sense. And and the thing is that the government is completely aware of this, and the government has the power to make things illegal because that's exactly what they do for certain actions. If you steal something from someone, it's illegal. But why isn't it illegal to practically give a person a poison animal? Why isn't it illegal to do something like that where you have someone getting food that's shortening their life and then you overcharge for something that's a more positive product? So now I'm I'm thinking that the government did participate in this, but then again, it's also our responsibilities because like, like Rose said here, we're the consumers. It's up to us whether we want to go with that or not. Um, did you, you had something to say about that, uh, Sky? Yeah, you know, to me, I don't know if I'm just that person that I don't really have much faith in the government in certain <laughs> things. But to me, a lot of things are just, from what I see and what I read, a lot of our officials, elected or chosen, are a lot of times lining their own pockets. And so, although it sucks for us as the citizens that have to live by these policies and these procedures that the government puts in place that are supposed to protect us, 
at the same time, it sucks for us, but we kind of know why sometimes it's not always the right thing because it may instead be the more prized thing for them, financially speaking, that they are getting more money by, you know, allowing some of these farms to kick back, you know, a certain portion, you know, hey, if you allow us to keep operating, we'll, you know, give you a certain percentage. Or, hey, if you allow this to happen, if you just kind of turn a blind eye, you know, we'll, we'll cut you a deal, you know. So I think it also kind of can speak to the corruption in our government sometimes. So that brings me to another point. Now, it's obvious what they're doing out there, at least a little bit to the eye. It's, a, it's a, at least a little bit obvious what they're doing with the food that we eat. But I want to talk about that which is not so obvious. The machines that they're using. So let's take, for example, we all know about that, about a few oil spills that have taken place, mm-hmm. right? Look at the machines that they use out there. The different plants that they have around the world. Heck, you, you probably don't even need to drive that far, but you could probably find a plant near you, probably maybe within 100 miles, that's pumping out a massive amount of smoke. That smoke is polluted. And so I think about even Antarctica, them drilling down there. Mm-hmm. Okay, for one, you're taking resources from the earth. Right, you're taking those resources. The Earth needed that for some reason, one reason or another. But even if you disregard that, the way that the machine is powered is through gas, and these machines, or either gas or charcoal, one thing or the other. But these machines are used on a daily basis. This is what they use. I don't think that it's not that water can be used. I think that is that they choose not to use it. And honestly, I'm fine with that because I fear with this amount of people, some kind of way they find, I'm, I'm sorry, humans find a way to mess up anything. So I feel like that would also apply to water. But if that's the case, if you know how to make an electric car, you know how to make something, use kinetic energy, figure out a way to make a car work like that. That's how I believe they, they 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 can make this thing happen if one more thing to point out about this is that these machines they use are kind of like doctors sometimes when you go to a hospital they give you a band-aid they give you a band-aid they don't actually give you what you actually need to cure the situation but they prolong whatever it is and they continue to move forward. Did you have anything you want to say about that, Rose? So Sage King, I know you mentioned um, the machines that are used and basically just the practices that um, corporations are using to get the resources that we supposedly need. Um, (laughs) 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 Realistically, some of the, the... things that we use we there are alternatives to it so that's why i say supposedly (laughs) but um 
I don't know. It's it's like this full circle thing where it's like not only is it bad for the environment, it's bad for like um when they do the drilling, that disrupts entire ecosystems. Yes. So you're killing tons of fish, you're killing coral reefs and that's starting to affect us as well because you can see I watched a documentary not too long ago but basically because all these smaller things are being destroyed now we have less sharks we have less this that and everything in the sea is dying Mm -hmm. and not only do we use that for food those wildlife those sea animals they provide a lot for the environment as a whole Mm -hmm. so it's just like everything is like this full circle destruction Mm -hmm. essentially um because as you said we just we we kind of just take the more cost effective easy way um and as far as your question about government officials and what they're doing it's kind of one of those things where every once in a while people pick up the cause like oh we gotta this is getting out of hand Mm -hmm. and because of that they'll say oh here's a throwaway law that really isn't going to do anything in the long run or here's something that sounds nice to like make y'all shut up Mm -hmm. but when you really look into those laws they're not some of them are helpful i'm not going to say that they're all just crap but there's so much more that could be done but it's like i feel like the government is kind of like your workplace your your manager your boss is gonna just try to appease the situation quiet you down Mm -hmm. so that essentially you forget about it and sit down but nothing's changed so Mm -hmm. that that's kind of the government um it's just about keeping people happy and turning a blind eye to things so until you know we really fight for that as a whole as a society and make that a priority government officials are not going to care about that because a lot of people's mindset is, well, I'm not going to be here when everything goes to crap anyway, so why do I care? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really the main thing. I agree. And to your point, that that was a very good point. You know, I've seen it on the news. Political officials will say that it, they, they'll, they'll fight so hard against a good idea They'll fight so hard against global climate change. They'll they'll fight against what's necessary to make the earth a better place. But these people who are lining their pockets like that, I I just don't understand. Are they getting into metal bodies or something? Do do they have some kind of technology that we don't? Maybe they got their spaceship already because you know that they're planning to put some kind of hotel out there. Ready to go. But it makes me wonder, what are... what? What makes you so confident? Do, are you so heartless? You don't care about your kids? You know, because once you leave, who's going to be here? Your own family, if you had kids or your own loved ones, will still be here on this earth. But what could possess you to be so selfish to do something for money and disregard the effect that it would have on the earth? Common sense would say if you thought that, Chances are you may not be the only one, especially with the ability to do something within a particular industry like drilling. 
you're not the only, there's not, there's not only one drilling company. There's more than one. So when does, and, and I believe, now this is just my personal belief. I believe that morality plays a part in this. When does the heart say, okay, we realize we're over here destroying ecosystems, right? Life tells you something and it paints it, it paints a picture that is as clear as day, cause and effects. I mean, cause and effect is real. It is not a hoax. Cause and effect is real. Just because you don't see the effect so strongly doesn't mean that you're not causing something to happen. Did you have something to say about that, Sky? No, I think you guys brought up really great, um, really great examples of um, how there's a lot that is affecting our current pollution um, scenario. Um, you know, I just kind of wrapping up about government. I do hear, um, you know, that they're. I read that they're trying to, you know, reinstate the, um, is it the Paris Treaty? Yeah. Um, I, I know with the change in administration that they're trying to kind of reinstate that and kind of make further initiatives to kind of speed up some of what they're hoping will stop some of that um, issue with climate change. And it does, sometimes I wonder, you know, is it too late? Is it a little bit too late as far as the efforts? Um, but thinking optimistically, I'm hoping and praying that it's not too late. Um, but you know, it, it definitely does. It's something that gives you pause and it makes you think about, you really can't put everything into the hands of your government. You know, how do, how do you, how do you play a part? Certainly, certainly. And for that, that brings us to our final topic for this discussion. How do we fight climate change? how do we proceed in our everyday life but with the habits that we use on a regular basis how do we change these habits to benefit the earth and i want to start by saying stating recycling recycling it doesn't really take that much to recycle all you probably need to do is get a second trash can um, or get a box or something start to recycle you know if you don't have a recycle area within the area like if you live in an apartment or something you, you can't recycle there just stop by somewhere that does many places do recycle there are many recycle bins and in today's world come now we have phones there is no excuse of why you cannot recycle your plastics just look it up find out what's recyclable and take those things to different areas um and recycle them and then the other uh, one more thing that i wanted to to discuss about that is i was told whenever i was younger that and i know this is probably gonna mess a lot of people up but i was told that whenever i was younger cologne perfume is a detriment to the ozone layer so i'm not saying to completely cut it out but maybe use it on date nights, you know? I mean, if date night is, is is every day for you, then hey, I guess that's that life you live. But otherwise, please take that into account that maybe you don't have to use that every day, you know? 
deodorant, lotion, cologne, body spray. You lost me on deodorant. No, no, no. I'm saying, (laughs) correction, correction, correction. I'm just saying, you use all these different things, but you don't have to use all of them. Now, don't get me wrong. For me, deodorant is a must. I use it on a daily basis. If I forget it, best believe if I'm somewhere where I don't have it, I'm going to the nearest store to go get it. I will literally drive to a store to go get deodorant. That's how I am. But I don't believe cologne is needed every day. If you're, if it's something that you have to spray all those hair products and stuff, and ladies don't beat me up, but those hair products and stuff, uh, you know, it may not be needed like that. You know, just just take that into consideration. I don't know. I I think that as far as what would make the change, I feel like throughout this talk, we've kind of discussed, you know, what alternatives we could make. Um, just nothing is going to happen overnight. So start small. Don't think that it, it's a big feat, but like like Sage King said, recycle. Um, change the products you use instead of using plastic plates and disposable silverware. Um, actually do your dishes. <laughs> um, <laughs> things like that. There's so many simple things that we can do that would make a very big impact if we all did something. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you get into it, there's so many resources out there from a lot of great people that know what they're talking about. They could steer you in the right direction of things you didn't even think about. Um, there's this place called Oxford Exchange, I believe, and they have a bookstore in there. Um, and I got this book. It's called F Plastic. And it's basically just like, I want to say it's like a hundred different tips and hacks on changes you can make in your everyday life mm-hmm. that would help the planet essentially and there's things like using bar shampoo like Mm -hmm. just thinking about the impact that a plastic bottle with a gel shampoo makes Mm -hmm. and actually reading those things it kind of puts things into perspective like oh that's simple um so it's just things like that that you know everybody can try and pick up and do to make this horrible situation a bit better um do i think there's hope yeah um do i think that we're in a position where we should be no not at all um if people made this uh important topic years ago um there's so much more that we could have accomplished so we've closed our window to a certain extent but we still can make the most of what we have I definitely agree with both of you, and especially um, Amethyst Rose about looking for innovative and creative ways to also help because everyone, you know, the first thing we go to when we think of climate change and what can you do as a person, recycle, you know, and recycling is good. Now, I don't know how true this is, but I did read before that even a lot of the recycling centers don't necessarily recycle all of what they receive but recycling is still a big start because you as a person have done your due diligence it's now in the hands of whatever the recycling center is doing and i'm sure there's a reason why maybe they can't recycle everything but i like the idea of the book that you brought up because it gives you other smaller ways 
And it also gives you, it gives some people that are maybe those creative individuals the space for them to say, you know, I can make something that fills the void here. You know, if bar shampoos are helping society and I have a knack for making shampoo, well, there's a niche right there for me to go make bar shampoos. And now you're helping a local business, you know? So I think even shopping smaller sometimes, because a lot of the smaller businesses before they get mainstream and industrialized, they are using local ingredients or they're using things that aren't really mass produced. Um, one of my friends makes soaps, um, organic soaps, and she's not mainstream right now, but even her products are, they're organic, they're cruelty free, they're usually free source as well. Um, and I think kind of just keeping consciously shopping a little bit more locally can even help too. Um, or like you said, if there's a void for something or you see that there's something that you like, that you think could help, but you don't quite see it yet, be the one to step up and do it, you know, be the one to take your creativity and see how it can help the world, you know? So I think that, um, that just about wraps up our topic here. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to discuss? I just wanted to say, you know, if for those who can, do your best to put yourself in a situation where you can afford organic foods. At the very least, someone has written the word organic on said food. If it turns out to not be that, you know, hopefully God will take take it up with that person um, or high power take it up with said person if they lied about it being organic or not. But at the very least, try to put yourself in a position of which you can get organic food. Try to put yourself in a position where you use less unrenewable resources so that you can help the world some kind of way. And so we just want to say thank you so much for being a part of the a part of this podcast. It has certainly been a pleasure. Um very great conversation. Um I really enjoyed this talk with you two. Um do you want to close this out? Rose? Sure. Um, you know, back to what Sage said, you know, just I think the topic of pollution is very important to all three of us in some way or another. Um, so it is something we wanted to discuss with you guys, whether it makes a difference or not, you know, at least it may inspire a thought that you may have not had before. Um, and if you do decide that you want to try and make some changes, research is always your best friend. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't, you know, buy from an organic company that's not actually organic or you have more informed decisions because we have a limited amount of information um, and there's so much more stuff out there. So, you know, I hope that anyone who listened to this, either you were entertained, you gathered some information you did not know, or it just inspired a conversation in your own life. Um, but, you know, I think we all really enjoyed today's or tonight's conversation, I should say. Um, and we definitely look forward to speaking with y'all again in the near future and just go over some different topics. You know, not everything's going to be about the earth or eco-friendly, um, but it's definitely going to be something interesting. So stay tuned and see what we have in store for y'all. Don't forget to come in and let us know your thoughts. <laughs>